When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hour two of our five-hour Tuesday morning conversation is upon us. we got a lot to do. Good to see her, Mike Leach, on the Fat Little Girlfriends at the top of the hour. It's brilliant. Got some craziness. Uh, speaking wow. of girlfriends, by the way, and uh, spouses, we'll get into this coming up with the Dolphins and uh Titans wild finish last night, the Giants and the Tommy DeVito saga and story developing. But uh, one of the big subplots of last night's game in Miami was Tyreek Hill. Apparently he hurt his ankle early in the game. Yeah, I, I think I jinxed him. I started talking about MVP stuff yeah. for Tyreek Hill yesterday. That ain't happening now. Well, it almost helped him last night because when he went out, their offense dried up. I mean, it was like, man, That's that guy's true. really important to what they do. That's true. Good point. Yeah, uh, um, hurts the stats, I guess. But you're right. The, the case gets a little stronger. But he said, uh, so he – we got hit growing out of bounds and uh, hurt his ankle. And if you're watching the game at a fantasy football draft, you're like, we're a team when you're like, why isn't he in the game? Uh, and he said, he thought, he said, I thought my ankle was gone. I was like, man, my ankle's gone. Adrenaline kicked in, ran off the field, sat for a while, got stiff, was going through a lot of pain. Then just made up my mind that I came in at halftime, texted my wife, and said, this blank hurt. I need an ankle massage tonight. She said, you better get your ass back in the game, dog. You know who his wife is? Uh-uh. I think his wife is Kenny Vaccaro's sister. Oh, wow. He I said, you better get your ass wife. back in the game, dog. I'm not mistaken. And he said, I was like, all right. And so he played sparingly in the second half. I guess he would get to where the pain he could tolerate it. They'd put him in, and he'd do his thing. And I think he – right. Yeah. Cause, cause just, her name is Keita Vaccaro. Oh, cool. What do you is, know, Keita? Uh, get it, your ass in the game. <laughs> I be, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is Kenny Vaccaro's sister. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it was – it, it, just him being on the field changes the way a defense approaches the Dolphins. I mean, that's pretty clear. He'd come back on the field and he'd do that little, you know, be in the slot and do that little jet sweep out that you call it, Rod, oh, where, yeah, he, where cheat he target motion. cheat motion mm-hmm. to the outside. And, oh, yeah. You know, that, that, just being on the field. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's got what they call gravity, right? Gravity means you attract defenders. Defenders uh, are, are attracted to you. They have to be because of your explosive ability. And that makes life easier on every other offensive player. That's right. And you can see <laughs> when he was out. I mean, Jalen yeah. Waddell you know, took all the focus, and they were he mostered. I mean, yep. this, was a, this was a crazy game last night. Uh, we'll talk about it coming up. Yeah, two, we'll get two, into that, Two too. comebacks. But, uh, yeah, and you could tell when he came in if he was hurt. He wasn't limping, so give him credit. He was just grit, grit, gritting through it. And, uh, it was tough. Uh, and he was running full speed. I mean, he was running Tyreek. I'm sure a little slower than usual, but he was bringing that. Even uh, Tyreek at 85% still, still really like fast. The top 10 fastest guys in the league. So, it was yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the wife, uh, Kenny Vaccaro's sister, get your ass back in the game, hey, dog. She's got like, that dog. They got that, got that <laughs> yeah. dog in her, too. Yeah. Get back in that damn game. Hey, like that. let's get you caught up on the news of the morning. Appreciate all the uh, conversation rolling in here on the text line, 512-447-3776. It is the uh, uh, sad anniversary of the passing of Mike Leach, so we'll play some more Mike Leach uh, gold throughout the course of the morning because we miss them already. Let's get to the top news, top headlines, including that doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Top Gun rentals and lawn equipment bring it to you. Yeah, double upsets on 
last night's doubleheader of MNF in New Jersey. The legend of Tommy DeVito continues to grow after Jordan Love's six-yard touchdown pass put Green Bay up 22-21 with 1.30 to go. The Giants' undrafted rookie took the G-men down the field. 54 yards, seven plays to set up Randy Bullock's 37-yard game-winning field goal as time expired. Giants stunned the Packers. 24 to 22, equally wild finish in the other game in Miami, Tennessee. Titans rookie quarterback uh, Will Levis directed two touchdown drives in the final four minutes of the game to lead the Titans to a stunning 28-27 win over the Dolphins. An improbable comeback occurred after two terrible Tennessee turnovers led to a pair of Raheem Mostert touchdown runs. Put Miami up 27 to 13 with 3:43 to go. Look like it was in the bag. Loss drops the Dolphins to nine and four. They're now a full game back of Baltimore for the top seed in the AFC. NBA last night, Luka Doncic dropped 35. Derek Lively, the second, added 16 points, 16 boards. Lead the Mavericks to a win over Memphis. Down in Houston, the Rockets extended the Spurs, losing streak to 17 games with a 93-82 win. College football in advance of tomorrow night's 2024 school full schedule reveal. The Southeastern Conference dropped a sneak peek during halftime of last night's MNF doubleheader. Two high-level matchups were officially given dates by the conference, including Texas and their showdown here in Austin with Georgia. As we previously predicted, that game will be on Saturday, October 19th. Dogs and Longhorns in Austin. Uh, that game will come a week after Texas and Oklahoma score off at the Cotton Bowl for the first time as members of that conference. Conference also announced as I said, OU's meeting with Alabama has been set for Saturday, November 23rd in Norman. The full reveal, as we mentioned, coming out tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Also on Wednesday, one of the Longhorns' top remaining 2024 recruiting targets will announce his school of choice. Waco Connolly High five-star cornerback Kobe Black will make his call tomorrow afternoon. Texas is considered the favorite by many insiders. UT defensive backs coach Terry Joseph made an in-home visit with Black and his family last night. We'll keep you posted there. And finally, from college football, TCU has moved quickly to hire their new defensive coordinator after abruptly moving on from Joe Gillespie on Sunday. Yesterday, Sonny Dykes and the Frogs hired Andy Avalos the, as its defensive coordinator. Hiring comes a month after he was fired as Boise State's head coach amid his third season despite a 22-14 and 14 overall record with that program. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. The win last night for the Titans was the fourth biggest upset on Monday Night Football in the Super Bowl era uh, because the Dolphins were a 13.5-point favorite um, and ended up losing that game. So there was a double-digit favorites to lead by 14 points or more at any point in the game are now 436 and four straight up in the wild card era. <laughs> the last loss was the Falcons versus Miami in 2017. So teams who are double-digit favorites in a game um, and end up leading by 14 points or more in that game, 436 and four straight up. And the Miami Dolphins lost that game. You can make the argument, um, point spread wise, it's the worst loss of Tua's college or pro career, oh, considering sure. him being a double-digit favorite. The Tua, it, he was thirty-four and zero straight up as a starter in his college and pro career, when favored by more than six points. Eleven and zero straight up with the Dolphins. Of course, twenty-three and zero straight up at Alabama. Uh, that streak ended last night at the hands of Will Levis. Well, it was crazy. I mean, so the game was 13-all. And so (laughs) to your point of the 14-point spread, it wasn't going to happen. But it was 13-all with five minutes to go. And the Dolphins have to punt. I mean, Mike Mike Vrabel's defense stepped up and played really good last night, especially when Tyreek Hill got hurt, they gained an advantage. But they were playing that hard-nosed, physical Mike Vrabel defense. But so Miami punts. Remember last week I told you 
that the Titans fired their special teams coach mm-hmm. because they had two punts blocked and missed an extra point, and they had punts blocked on successive punts, which led to the loss. They were going to beat Indianapolis last week and lost. Mike Vrabel had to fire the you know the longtime special teams coach. Somebody had to pay for it, and so but they were playing a clean game in this one for 55 minutes. Guy punts. Rookie back to return it, lets the ball bounce, and then he goes over and grabs it and drops it. So the, and the Dolphins recover at the five-yard line. Raheem Mostert runs in for a touchdown, so now you're down seven. They get the ball back. They try to run this little option play to Derrick Henry, fumble, ball on the ground. Dolphins recover. Disaster. Quick touchdown. It's 27-13. 27-13. Like, 14-point okay. lead. They are gonna, the, all, the, all the gamblers are like, woo, we're going to cover this three thing. Three minutes left. You're like, done. <laughs> we're going to cover. Money, baby, money. And then uh, Ty's wow. guy, Will Mayo Lettuce. Oh, my god. Or Levis. You know, he loves the mayo, right? He does love the mayo. And he eats bananas with the peel still on. That dude. dude he went off. He, that, I don't, yeah. That's a wholesale meltdown for uh, all three phases, though, for that to happen. It is. <laughs> he went right down the field. They scored. Yeah. They went for two. Mike Vrabel rolling the dice, wanting to win the game, not go to overtime. Rolls the dice, gets the two-point conversion on a guy wide open. I mean, totally wide open. And um, which kind of, you know, Vic Fangio's defense, they don't like they went to sleep there. They, then they, then they I get, think they relaxed after they got up the, by they did. 14 points. I think the whole stadium obvious. did. Stadium yeah. started leaving. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're going to win. That's what happened. And then, because uh, that all happened, in the, the game was pretty boring up to the five-minute mark. There wasn't much happening. Hey, wild, they wild you in the end. Yeah. Found a way to wild you in yeah, the end. two dumb turnovers lead to two quick touchdowns. Then Will Levis goes full like Tom Brady. Starts running his team down the field, and the Dolphins go to sleep a little bit. Dolphins get the ball back, and all they got to do is get a couple first downs, and they can run out this clock. Still up twenty-seven to two, uh, twenty-one, and they go three and out. Actually, and um, you know, they they had a second down play and a third down play that they should. I mean, it's third and two, third and two, and they couldn't get two yards because they picked up eight yards on a first down play, Man. and they end up punting. And Will Levis right down the field, stuck it in the end zone. Big play to DeAndre Hopkins on the drive. And, um, you know, left him wide open. They ran double posts and brought him across. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins was big. And Will Levis made some really nice throws. And I, I know, Ty, you were big on Will Levis coming in. He, he balled out in that game last night. I feel like he's looked pretty good this year. He uh, has. Besides C.J. Stroud, maybe. He's definitely looked he's, better than Bryce Young. He's fearless. There's no doubt about that. And he's got a big arm. That's you, what we knew laid, about him coming in. He laid down the hit stick. I, I, I didn't watch much of these two games last night, but the little I did of that one, I was watching the Manning cast, and there was two plays in a row where he lowered his shoulder. And I think Jalen Ramsey on, broke out of a sack and then laid out Jalen Ramsey. It was pretty athletic. Yeah. But athletic, but stupid. I'm going to need him to yeah, calm down do that. and all that. Yeah, like, we just but. talked about the attrition at quarterback in the league. I'm going to need him to chill on all that. It's like when we see Quinn Ewers, you know, try to run over a linebacker. We're like, man, I appreciate your moxie and your testicular fortitude, but I'm going to need you to chill on all that. It makes no sense well, at all. Mike, but, I mean, Mike Rayroll probably likes that. You know, he probably will never say Rayroll. he likes well, that. That's how coaches. Yeah, and he wants but it's not team. smart. It's not, it's not what's best for your team. Yeah, he doesn't want the quarterback to hurt. Yeah, nobody wants and, that. And as we say with quarterbacks, they never get hit. So then yeah, also they think like, they want to take on a linebacker. Yeah, Come on, man. And just to, just you don't but, even ever to get hit. Yeah, you don't get hit. And just to, your shoulder being sore. Any, listen, it hurt, didn't hurt my shoulder being sore. I got to get back out there and let's go. Your shoulder being sore affects your throwing motion and mechanics. And yeah, you bust your finger up or it. something. Um, you just, but, just get down. But you're right, though, Ty. You were, you were big on Will Levis, and he has shown up. He, look, he, looks, he looks really good this year. Um, I'll give you another stat, though, which is remarkable. I saw this one on the broadcast. The Titans were obviously down 14 points that three minutes left. Um, teams had lost 767 straight games, went down 14 points in the final three minutes. Last team to win, oh, 
You're going to love this. Oh, I hate this. The, no, you're going to love it. Okay. The Texans in 2016 versus the Colts. Oh, yeah. The Texans pulled off one of them. Yeah, exactly. The Texans pulled off one of those. That's the last team to do it. Strangely enough, in that division. That is weird. Uh, but, yeah, there you go. So, Will Levis making history. Yeah, that whole division is – who knows what's going to happen this – because everybody lost. Titans were the only team to win in the division this weekend because the Jacksonville, Houston, Indianapolis all got beat. But as we said, coming out of the draft, all you know, got Trevor Lawrence and then three rookie quarterbacks at the helm of those franchises, big picture. C.J. Stroud has proven to be really good when he's got some weapons to throw to. Obviously, Will Levis, and here's uh, Anthony Richardson when he gets healthy in Indianapolis. That division should be pretty compelling in the coming years with those guys and uh, Trevor Lawrence there in Jacksonville. Uh, all right, we will uh, get back to the Monday Night Football. We've got a lot to, uh, to get to this morning. We'll hear Mike Leach sound throughout the morning honoring his passing one year Love ago. great Mike Leach. How about the fat little girl? That's so good. Oh, he's got, he's got he's so many. I, I don't even know where that one ranks. That one's uh, – that, that was – Definitely top, it's definitely top five. I will say it's definitely one of the top five best leech rants because everybody knows the reference to the fat little girlfriends. Can we do, on your way into the Rod's rant here, can we do Mike Leach on candy? Mike Leach on candy. Oh, the Halloween rant? Is this yeah. Halloween candy stuff? Let's hear that. They're just, they're just random. They're random. But uh, Mike Leach on candy. Let's hear this and then fire up the, uh, the rant there, T.Y. Sorry, there's an ad. Give me three seconds here. Supply, cancel. We talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween candy? corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Um, uh, when I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, the, the, the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is uh, is when they used to have the, the uh, sprees in a box. Outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation, although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but the... Um, the uh, you know, they have those Nerds Clusters, which is new. Just the gummy. Yeah, which is good. The Nerds Clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably Almond Joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you. <laughs> Doing that on the side, right on yeah, the interview we'll on the field. I <laughs> love it. All right, Fantastic. let's get to Rod's rant, the first of two today. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I want to talk uh, a little bit about the uh, the quarterback attrition in the NFL to give you some numbers so you're uh, up to date on that. But I want to, real quick, speaking of quarterbacks, the Texans' defense has a strange trend going on where some of the worst quarterbacks are having their best games versus the Texans. Yeah. Have you noticed this? I have. I've watched every game, and I've seen them do great against guys like Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they get torched by Zach Wilson it, and, uh, and Bryce Young. It's weird. To, to, to their point, the Texans' defense has allowed a 103-plus passer rating in a game to five quarterbacks. Those five quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield, nothing against Baker, all right, Zach Wilson, yeah. Gardner Minshew, Desmond Ritter, and Bryce Young. It was actually a season best for Baker Mayfield, 
Zach Wilson and Bryce Young. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah, and then you've seen them play really good quarterbacks uh, like Russell Wilson and Joe Burrow yes. and all these guys, and they've held them to, to they, limited days. They've held those guys to passer ratings of 91. or Here's the quarterbacks they've held to passer ratings of 91 or less. Uh, Joe Burrow, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence twice. Yep. Um, uh, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, uh, uh, Russell Wilson. You brought him up too. I mean – I don't I, – it is perplexing. I don't – it doesn't make any sense. As a football theorist, I can tell you it makes no sense at all. I really don't get it other than maybe they have superior game plans for superior quarterbacks. I, maybe, they, maybe they're overconfident in the, <clears throat> in the construction of the game plans and their preparation going into games with quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson. Maybe, they play, maybe they're playing more man coverage and they figure, oh, we can – we don't really have to have much disguise or we don't really have to have many exotic looks because we can beat these guys straight up because they are some of the subpar to mediocre quarterbacks in the league. And maybe when they play against the elite quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, uh, your Russell Wilsons, maybe, you know, hell, Kyler Murray, I think is in it. Maybe that's when they play, they'll have a, a really exotic and a really uh, a thorough exhaustive game plan? I'm not sure. That's my, This is a theory. I have no idea why that's happening. You said you noticed it too. I just gave you the numbers to back up your eye test. I don't know what – and D'Amico Ryan is a hell of a defensive mind. He is, and they've done a good job this year. Uh, I will – again, this is not to make excuse of the Jets game. That, that game was 0-0 at the half. Um, the defense played pretty well. They pitched a shutout in the first half and made Zach Wilson look like Zach Wilson. Uh, and then the offense just wasn't even moving the ball. Uh, without any weapons against a very good defense. So the, I think the defense wore down. And I also yeah, think yeah. Th- then Blake Cashman, their middle linebacker, got hurt. And they were, I mean, they put yeah, essentially a, a, tra- a practice guy in there. And Will Anderson got hurt. Had a bunch and of them. the pass rush went down. Either way, I mean, I think the defense gave in, quite honestly, in the second half. It wasn't, you know, against, they just, I think they got, I mean, the, the Texans had like 60 yards total at the half. They weren't even getting first down. So the defense was constantly on the field, playing in the rain in New, Jer- in New York. But it is, you're right, it's an outlier for the whole year. And it has to go strange. to just a, a young team and a young coach and a young staff. I mean, it just seems inconsistent, which is frustrating because when they're good, they're really good. Well, uh, they are, and they are good. They're not a and terrible. And when they're, they're bad, bad it's like, what are y'all doing here? I just don't understand that trend. That against the better quarterbacks, you would think that it'd be the opposite. Yeah, you're right, 100. percent Against the really good quarterbacks, that that's what they struggle. Well, but and if the Texans at seven and six don't make the playoffs, and they may not. They're going to look back on those games, right? Losing to the Jets, who had lost five in a row. Panthers. One week after beating a Denver team that had won five in a row. Now you play a Jets who haven't won in, in a month, more than a month, and they beat you. And Zach Wilson, through all the drama, looks great in the second half. Uh, that, that Carolina game stands out. Desmond Ritter had a great game against them. Then Atlanta, which Desmond Ritter doesn't have many great games. How, those, those are the best performances for Zach Wilson and for Bryce Young. Those guys are having like, – we're talking about seasons that are so bad. They're talking about Zach Wilson being done with football, that his seasons are so bad. They, they were questioning whether he wanted to play yeah. in the last game, like whether he had the, you know, any enthusiasm and whether he actually wanted to be out on the field. And he obviously put any of those rumors and reports to bed and said, no, I want to play, I want to compete. Um, but, I mean, man, Bryce Young. And people are now wondering whether he was a buster. Now, I think it's way too early for that considering the turnover and the organizational dysfunction of the Panthers. 
but these guys aren't supposed to have stellar performances versus you, and now they have their – they're getting resume builders versus the Texans. It's just weird. It's just strange. Very strange, and um, it's going to maybe cost them a playoff berth without uh, a doubt. I think you're right about that. I think, I think it definitely will. Uh, well, also, C.J. Stroud is going to be – well, he is in concussion protocol, so he's going to be questionable for their next game. Um, and, and now the Davis Mills, I think, is likely going to end up uh, getting the start. But they have uh, Case Keenum. Is also the backup there. Yeah, um, it would so be they, Keenum and Davis Mills. It could be it could be either one of those guys. We're not. I'm not sure, and I believe that um, D'Amico Ryan's has left it open that it could be either one of those guys who ends up getting the start. Uh, maybe more gamesmanship than anything for the next opponent. Uh, but they're not. Everybody's dealing with quarterback issues now. If C.J. Stroud ends up missing time, and it's Davis Mills and or you know Case Keenum to make that start. Uh, Drew Locke ended up starting for Geno Smith, so you had another backup end up starting. Uh, Justin Herbert right now is dealing with an injury too, and he's going to be questionable. Uh, know the name Easton Stick. Oh yeah, that's the backup for the Chargers who may get the start. Easton, Easton Stick. Easton, yeah. Where's he I, come from? I thought I don't know what that was. I saw it trending, and I was like, "What the hell is Easton Stick?" And I, <laughs> I had to click on. It. I was like, on a "Oh, baseball bat." <laughs> exactly. It sounds like some company or something, some shell company. Uh, but Easton Stick it could end up making the start for the Chargers if that is the case. Guys, you're going to get to 18 teams. Right now, you're at 16 teams that have started multiple quarterbacks. Um, And if you get Justin Herbert being out and C.J. Stroud missing times too, you're going to be at 18 teams who have used multiple quarterbacks this season, guys. Unbelievable. And that, that would, I mean, last year you got to 21 teams that relied on multiple starters. But you still got... Four weeks to go. Yeah, no, it's. I, I think you. I think you're going to end up reaching the same number you got to last year with yeah, 21 wonder, teams without multiple starters. Because you know the NFL is pretty proactive on things. They'll have the rules committee meetings and conversations in the off season. Oh, they're talking about it. Like what? I mean, they they protect them more than ever. Yet they're getting hurt more of the, more often than ever before. It reminds me of load management in the NBA. Yeah, the same conversation. It's like, well, guys are resting more than ever, but they're still getting hurt. What about <laughs> yeah. back in the day? Guys weren't. They were missing less time and they were playing more. What something's off here in this this equation? We yeah, yeah. Fix I mean, they're prote- I mean, they they protect them more than they ever have. They get hit less than they ever have. They can slide. They you can't touch them in the pocket. Can't sneeze on them. And they yeah. are getting hurt still getting more hurt. than ever before. This yep. is uh, the you know is there an un- is there an explainable theory why i don't have one i don't think anybody does i don't think anybody i, I really don't maybe because you do develop uh kind of a, kind of a, a shell account yeah you become you better your, your armor if you will um over time if you do start to take more of those hits uh, maybe you become more acclimated to those hits and and your body does too so you can deal with the injury i have no idea but it is uh right now it's a problem for the league it's it a is. problem it's affecting the scoring the league's still competitive though I mean, it's still as competitive as ever. Last night I was not uh, optimistic. I mean, uh, this is going to be fun football. It's actually pretty good. (laughs) It's a pretty good game last night. Though the games have been competitive, it just ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. It's it's competitive and aesthetically pleasing. They find a way to wow you in the end, but it is just not a pretty product. In the NFL, they want points, and they want points because they're a fantasy football league pretty much now. They don't sell violence and sell big hits. They sell points, and they want teams to be able to score a lot. And you still have some teams that are the 49ers and the, and the, the Cowboys are scoring a lot of points. Uh, the Miami Dolphins were scoring a lot of points. Um, same thing with the, the Baltimore Ravens. But I think most, most of that is due to them having health at the quarterback position. And teams that can stay healthy at the quarterback position are, you know, finding themselves in a really, you know, advantageous well, position this year. But so far in 2023, 72% of all the games 
have been within one score, eight points in the fourth quarter. So the games are competitive. They just ain't they ain't pretty. Yeah, uh, and you know it's it's a and not again. I'll say this: not only are the quarterbacks healthy, I think the if you look at the Niners, Cowboys, and Ravens. Those are your three best teams right now, sitting atop the conferences, and they're three of the healthy, healthiest teams across the board. Yep. At all positions, as I said, I mean the Texans. It's hard to beat a good, decent, you know, good Jets defense with no weapons. We saw what happened when the Niners lost Debo Samuel and Trent Williams for a few weeks, right? Yeah. It, it just alters your team. It does, uh, you know, because it's a very parity-driven league, and those star players separate you from the the rest of the league. That's exactly right. I mean, as I said yesterday to somebody with C.J. Stroud having a bad game, what happened? Well. Take take C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson, and Brandon Cooks away from Dak against a really good defense, and tell me See how how, how good Dak's going to play in a yeah. rainstorm. It's like it, it's a tough league, and ask Brock Purdy. You don't have your Pro Bowl left tackle and Debo Samuel, your best weapon. Well, guess what they do? They can roll covers to Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. and they can focus on Christian McCaffrey. That's exactly right. When you have all three or all four of those guys, they they're unstoppable. You're right. Unstoppable. And that's the separation between – It's a game of inches. It's a game, yeah, yeah. Every, everybody's pretty even as <laughs> yep. far as talent goes. The NFL has – they have engineered it that way. Yeah, of course. <laughs> In, intentionally. With and, the and, and then there's injuries that happen, so some teams just get ravaged. And some teams are just bad teams this year, like New England. And, and then teams get better. Then, 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 teams start yeah, bad and get better, like the Denver. Yeah, Run, watching, Rungles start yeah, bad and get better. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a fun league. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to be dominant. That's why watching the Niners stay healthy is, is scary because the Niners look like one of those – Deep offenses, the Cowboys of the early 2000s. They're a juggernaut. Or in the early 90s. Yeah, it's a juggernaut. I mean, man. they're just like, oh, my gosh, what do it's you do? Like, yeah, and pick the, your poison. And, and guess what? The Cowboys are becoming that. They, they, they kind of are. Not, I mean, not, not to that level, but well, with, with, with CDs Fer- With doing, Ferguson's ascent and if Pollard continues to be explosive, yeah. they, they can become that. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really, really hard to stop. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll come back. Good stuff in uh, Rod's first rant of the day. We'll pick those up on the other side of a quick timeout. We'll also hear more Mike Leach sound. Get some bullish or BS on a Tuesday. Glad you're with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, quite a year in the NFL. Wrapped up week 14 last night. Four games to go, as many as 26, 27, 28 teams. Still with a, at least a uh, modicum, modicum of a path to the playoffs, which is incredible. And uh, Dolphins may have coughed up their chance of being the number one seed in the AFC last night with a horrible final four minutes of the game and give the Titans credit for not giving up in that football game. But it is the year of the injured quarterback, as Rod just took you through in, uh, uh, in his breakdown in the rant. It is the year of Easton Stick and back Tommy to DeVito. Because last year you had 21 teams that needed backup quarterbacks. Uh, you had a record number of different starting quarterbacks um, only the replacement year did you have more in 1987. That was last season. Um, but this year, you had, I think you're going to be this upcoming weekend. I believe you could get to 18 if Justin Herbert doesn't start and Easton Stick starts for him. And if Drew and if um, C.J. Stroud doesn't start and Davis Mills and or Case Keenum starts. That will be 18 
And that's with four weeks to go. Was well, three weeks? That's <laughs> some of it are some of the most nondescript guys you've ever heard. Where do that's they the find thing about it. Because remember, you set a rookie. You set a record for rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, started. I mean, you're that's starting guys it. like Easton Stick yeah. from North Dakota State. You and set a rookie record. That's why it looks kind of weird. It's like, who is that guy? Who yeah. is this guy? Easton Stick <laughs> and Clayton Toon and uh, guys, just go down the list. Tommy DeVito, undrafted rookie, and how you know. But then there's a guy like Jake Browning in Cincinnati who's playing great. Yeah, playing great. He's finally getting his chance. He's like, well, this guy probably should have been playing sooner. Because teams are starting to get some film on him, and he's still you know, moving that team. They got good weapons in Cincinnati, we know that. Uh, but man, that's uh, it's it's a weird year in the National Football League, and it's built to be that way. Speaking of weird and uh, seeing things in a different way, Mike Leach passed away on this day one year ago. So we're calling this our Mike Leach tribute day. We're playing Love some it. great sound because you know we have it in the archive, and why not? It's uh, it's fun to listen to. Here's Mike Leach when asked about uh, this was at a at a Pac-12 media days, I think, where he broke down. Who would win the battle of Pac-12 mascots in real time, right? He, go ahead there, Mr. Leach. First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um, uh another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um, or it's unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the Ute again. We're back to uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that Ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. And then um, <clears throat> and uh, and you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there um, just as far as a beast alone uh, a buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with I mean a, bu a buffalo is utterly outstanding well but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty I mean Butch will, Butch will find a way there's no question the Kugel find a way uh, clear-minded and crafty a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. There you go. There you go. I'm breaking <laughs> it down. That was all, somebody asked him that at a press at the uh, Big Twelve, uh, the Pac-12 media the day. Detail. And the, the detail. To have all that, with that was unscripted. Obviously, on, he was man. just off the top of his head. The man was going into it. He actually <laughs> thought about it. He actually really gave you a thoughtful answer. He got into it. That was that was brilliant. Uh, oh, and he had all the teams. Yeah, the Ute. Did he oh, trade for a man. rifle? That's going to cause some problems. Buffalo. I've been up close to. A, to Buffalo, that's uh, they're big monsters, big beasts. Ralphie. Oh, oh well, you, you ain't supposed to get that close to. Them. No, you're that's not. The whole point. No, <laughs> Some people they go to these national parks and they get closer to Buffalo, and you hear about them getting gored by a buffalo. Come on, folks. Come on now. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you, we doing? You're failing the idiot test. You don't get close to buffaloes yeah, well, like yeah. that. Come on. Yeah, and we need to be doing? Harry Potter people to figure out the Sun Devil because I don't know what that will do. Yeah, I'm not sure what a sun devil is. What's the well, difference between, yeah. But what, I don't know. I don't know. That's, is it a mythic it's a mythical creature? thing. It's got to be, right? I know it is. I'm just asking, like, what's the genesis of Or is of the it? sun devil what's a nickname for an actual animal? 
All right, like they call X something like the lizard. Well, their, the desert, their the mascot is a devil. It oh, is that's a devil. right. You're right about that. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, but is I'm with you. I, what is a sun devil? I want to know. I'm looking this up. Right, we'll look I'm it up. Thank you, Mike Leach. Thank you, Mike Thank Leach. Thank you, Mike Leach. I'm still yeah, that going was a, that was apropos here in the uh, the end of the Pac-12, right? I mean, the Pac-12 is no longer. All those schools we oh, talked about are going to be in different did conferences you see the starting scene? next they year. They had a scene at the uh, Pac-12 title game where all the mascots were out there dancing. It was. It was actually. I ain't gonna lie. I, I got I got a little sentimental. I got a little, it was it was weird to see it. and It was kind of cool, but they they were, you can tell they were like celebrating the last hurrah. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, Washington would like to end with a, maybe a championship, and they'll play Texas in 20 days, uh, and we'll see. But, yeah, the only, only Washington State and uh, Oregon State left. Everybody else will either be in the Big Ten or the Big 12. What, what, what are they going to do? They're going to they're gonna roll into the Mountain West. Okay. Um, as of now, they're going to plan on rolling into the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, they'll be, in, they'll be outside the Power Four but they'll still be in a conference. They'll just be in the Mountain West Conference out there. So, yeah, that's uh, Mike Leach. We'll have some more throughout the morning. Just good stuff as we uh, have fun with that and, and miss Mike Leach already one year later. Hard to believe. They have, yeah, Sun Devil is just something they just made up. Made up. <laughs> it's like the Blue Devil at Duke. I mean, what's they're that? Just, exactly. Yeah, it actually is the same thing. Yeah, what is, what is it, Blue Devil? They wanted to be a devil, but they didn't want to be a regular devil, so a Sun Devil. All right, so uh, real quick on the Longhorns, we'll get to some bullish or BS. Longhorns, we said 20 days to the game this week, as we talked about, important week for Texas as far as recruiting goes, uh, talent acquisition. We know that we are eight days to the open window for uh, early signing period, which now 85 90% of uh, you know, high school players commit. On this day, Rod, can I say, is it time that we move that? I heard Joel Klatt even coming on this week talking about it's got to move or even get rid of it. Is there, is there any momentum for that, do you think, big picture? I know the coaches would push for it, having an early signing window. Because the, the argument is, if you're an early enrollee, I mean, and you're coming in January, and the Longhorns could have as many as 14 players that come mm-hmm. early, um, they deserve a signing day. Um, so what are you going to do? Would you do it before their, their senior year of high school? If they're done and they want to be done with it, and no, no more phone calls, it's, I'm putting this thing down, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, also for junior college players that, that need to move, what's your thought on this, this early signing window, which was supposed to just be, you know, we'll get 5 or 10% of the guys, we'll still do it all in February. Obviously it's totally flipped, the unforeseen circumstance of, you know, all these kids just want to get it out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I know the coaches want as few – uh, deadlines and options as possible so that they can build their calendar accordingly. And it seems like the, the players on the people on the player side want more. Well, and, and right? we talk about what it means in December and how busy these coaches get and these staffs get trying to prepare for bowl yeah. games and do, do portal and do this. But at the same time, you know, now if you talk to the coaches, because 80 to 90% of your class will sign before Christmas, you don't get any time off in the summer. Your big recruiting weekends are in the summer now. Yeah. It used to be when it was in February, you could have big recruiting weeks in January. Like after the season's over, you could have these big recruiting weekends and bring players to campus. And now you don't even do that. So it's got to be done in the summertime. And, you know, to the, to the overworked argument for the coaches and the staffs is that they used to get a month off or so in the summer. They don't now. That's all, yeah. that's all recruiting now. Yeah. And so uh, we're looking for a solution that will satisfy both sides. Yeah, and is I don't, there one? I don't, th- I don't know if there is one. Right. But- and in this day and age, it seems like it, things are going more pro player, um, which means more options for the players and for the coaches. You know, would sorry, it, they, I'm just saying this off the top of my head. Would they ever move the uh, the portal discussion to the, open the portal after the bowl games? Like wait until January to open the portal for 30 days. 
Is that because you would still then focus on high school recruiting? I don't know if that's fair, but you got to get you got to get enrolled, and you got to get. I was about to say, what about the teams that players that don't make a bowl? Well, that's and right. And the players that aren't concerned with bowls. Yeah, that's They're right. Like that's your bowl thing. That's a you problem. That's a you problem. Yeah, you're I ain't right. got worried about that. I'm worried about yeah, my future. And, and if you're transferring, you're going to try to. You you're leaving in. You're leaving before that bowl game. You got to get set up for a bowl game. Yeah. So I said, it's it's you going to be pro player? You want to be pro coaching? Thing. I don't know if there's a solution that's going to satisfy both sides. So to that end, the the early window opens next Wednesday. Kobe Black. Uh, I know you've watched film on him, Rod. He's a yeah. five-star corner, big-time prospect. You know, by all accounts, he's leaning Texas. He will commit tomorrow afternoon, about three, four forty-five, four o'clock at his, his high school up in Waco. That's a, that's one of the, the Longhorns are working on. And we mentioned the other five-star defensive back, Xavier Filsamy, will be in town this weekend for an yeah. official visit. And um, that's those are two names to watch. Also, there's a tight end out of Georgia that have come that has kind of moved into the Longhorn radar here. Uh, in the recent days, and it's weird. He's a he's a four, he's a kid out of Georgia, and I think obviously Jatavion Sanders' success in this offense this year is attracting you know tight end talent. Uh, but the kid is uh, he is I don't get you his name coming up. He is is interested in Texas, Ohio State, and Central Florida. So Gus Malzahn has made an impact on UCF, wow, yeah, and they use the tight is, end pretty well. One of those things is not like the other. Yeah, I'm it's like, right oh, wow, that. that's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I, honestly, I don't think Sark's offense that I've watched has ever used a tight end as well as he's used yeah. uh, JT Sanders. I think JT Sanders has been a bit of a muse for Sark, and he's now evolved his um, concepts to weaponize the tight end more so than ever before with JT, with whether it's tight end screens or whether it's uh, the tight ends in the way he uses them down the seam. Um, he has JT Sanders. JT Sanders probably moves around and shifts as much as any player in the Power Five, actually. When you've talked about him being maybe the highest ceiling NFL prospect the Longhorns have, big picture, uh, this draft yeah, class. I think it's possible he is, man. Because, I mean, I think Kelvin Banks. Right I think Kelvin Banks, big picture, can be like one of the best tackles in pro football for a long time if he can stay healthy. But, yeah, Jatavion Sanders can become something. This kid, Amarion Winston is his name. Okay. Uh, but he's, he's for the class of 25. He's for the class of 2025. Oh, right. So, but he is a guy that the Longhorns will be talking to this weekend. Amarion Wilson or Winston, I should say. Uh, so keep an eye on it. Uh, tomorrow's the day. In addition to uh, Xavier Vilsamirad, who will be coming in for the weekend visit, mm-hmm. you know Brandon Baker, the five-star from Modern Day, will be in town exactly. this weekend. Ryan Wingo. Um, Wardell Mack will be in town this weekend, Daniel Cruz. And, you know, this staff likes to bring in committed players with uncommitted players just for the whole – Yeah. Well, they want the players to recruit. Yeah, represent. The the, the other players who are uncommitted because the best – your best recruiters on campus are always your current players if your culture is good and the players who are committed already to your program, they don't have to abide by NCAA rules and regulations. There's not, you know – certain times and dead periods when they can and cannot talk to players and all these guidelines. Nope, they can just reach out and talk to a player whenever they DM, want to. DM, text um, message. They can hit them up all the time. So that's why your best recruiters are players. You want to try to incentivize your players to go out there and help you recruit because they can keep ties and they can keep communication lines open when coaches just cannot. They are not even allowed to. Yeah, it's against the rules. And they can, he can be like, hey, man, coach told me to tell you what's up, man. Hey, well, you told us. You were, <laughs> you were put on Derek Johnson assignment back in the day. And, yeah, man. And once you had that, uh, that you hosted his visit, you could, you could you know, talk to oh, him. Exactly. Him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of another play that will be here, which could be important, uh, UT already flipped the other Florida commitment, Wardell Mack, the cornerback. Oh, yeah. He'll be here. So he's going to be telling Xavier Phil Just to me, hey, man. Like, what you hey, bro. Waiting on, brother? Hey, bro. Come on. Yeah, what you waiting on? <laughs> Come on, flip. Uh, so 
so we'll keep an eye on that into the weekend. Next Wednesday, we'll have some special recruiting signing day coverage, of course, here on Hook 'em Up, and we'll keep an eye on the portal as well because it's active, as you can imagine. We come back, we'll hit some bullish or BS on a fun uh, Tuesday. More, more great uh, archive sound from Mike Leach on this day. We roll forward on a Tuesday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Bullish and BS time, including this. Are we bullish? Yesterday we told you that uh, yesterday, December 11th, was the day, the most popular day for breakups among relationships, Rod, was yesterday, two weeks to Christmas. Are you bullish on that? shady. you bullish on that, that uh, maybe both parties decide, you know what, uh, December 11th, I really got to make a call. Am I going to Christmas dinner with you and meet your family? Or do I got to buy you a Christmas present? Those kind of things. You got to know it's either going to get serious or this thing's going nowhere, so let's not fake it until we make it. Let's just call it a day. You know what yeah. I'm saying? December I, 11th. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't really try to – I don't date people. Well, back then, I didn't date people unless I was thinking it was going to be, you know, a, so either a, hookups a real or dating. Thing. Yeah, like why are we even – let's just be friends with benefits then. Why are we even trying to pursue this thing for real if uh, when the slightest inconvenience yeah. we'll decide, all right, we're moving on. Like, no, let's just have fun then. Like, I, so I was never really into casual relationships. My relationships, we, if, we, if we're dating, we're in. Like, we, let, let's go for it. If not, hey, man, let's bang it out and have some fun. Like, what the, <laughs> <laughs> we putting pressure on ourselves for why are we faking this? Yeah, I, I was never into the fake casual relationship. So you put the the, the definition yeah. on it so everybody knew the score. Yeah, I don't know that everybody does that. Yeah, but, uh, this would be the time. I'm mean, two weeks to Christmas. Am I going to commit mm. to going with them? Yeah, that person. If I was with somebody around that time. They'll be going to their parents. They're going to invite me to go. Yeah. I'm yeah. out. I'm out. I'm with you, but I, I I agree. Not everybody needs to meet mama and everything. No, I mean, no, no, no. That's just anybody. Christmas gets kind of family and intimate. Yeah, and yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, who you dating now?" You got to deal like, with nope. all the relatives and uncles and aunts. And like, who's yeah. this guy? What's he do? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, plus, the you ain't got to invite. Whole... You ain't got to invite them over to just buy them a gift, though. Some of y'all just being cheap. Yeah, you're right about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't got to invite them over to meet the family. They understand there are, you know, these. These kind of landmark, uh, yeah, you know, occasions Valentine's and relationships, Day. yeah, that kind of stuff. But you can get them a gift. And by the way, y'all ain't gotta buy them something expensive. You can be thoughtful without expensive. No, homemade Thanks gifts are way better. Yes, thank yeah. you, Ty. Yeah, Ty's big Come on the homemade man. gifts. Yeah, but trust me, she well, will. You guys, you guys over gifts. there are playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. That's how you guys, you guys roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also say, feelish to me and bullish or BS, that Shohei Otani is Shohei. playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Told you about his $700 million 10-year contract he signed with the uh, – the uh, Dodgers, but upon further inspection and a deeper dive into the contracts, turns out that uh, by his own idea, he suggested it. Uh, he's going to defer sixty-eight million dollars a year mm. to the future. So essentially, from twenty twenty-four through twenty thirty-three, the next decade, the Dodgers will pay Shohei Otani two million dollars, and then from twenty thirty-four through twenty forty-three, each year he will get the remaining sixty-eight million dollars. So, you know, for bullish or BS, Rod and Ty, is this a better deal for the Dodgers or for Shohei? For both? Yeah, well, Shohei. pick one. Shohei? I think so. He's going to so. get the 700 I mean, mil over 20 years, not 10. There's no way this could go bad for him. There's, this could go bad for the Dodgers. And, That's true. Uh, a lot of That's different true. ways. Yeah, could, they could be in a different place 15 years from now. They're still paying one guy who's not playing $68 million. I mean, it can, it can hurt his legacy. Or, I mean, uh, well, if, if he gets hurt, or I mean, it's... Oh, no, yeah, the money-wise, I'm talking about well, his legacy. For... Money-wise, money's nothing to do right at this point. I mean, he's got money. That's why he's taking this deal. This is he just, this is just got, smart I'm, by him. I yeah, mean, he's this like, is going to set your family up and for 
for the next five generations. Yeah, he'll be getting paid big yeah. money until he's his, you know his loss is, his loss will be in his legacy as an all time great player. Is he going to be iconic Mount Rushmore type player? Because to do that, you got to perform in the playoffs. He knows he's got to get there, and with the pressure now, you got to win it. Yeah, this is this is you got to this is super team stuff. This is dream, yeah, right? This is dream team stuff. You got to win it. Yeah, and he deferred so that they could add more pieces now. Yeah. So under, understanding the current salary cap and luxury not salary caps luxury tax ramifications, you know to, to only have to pay him because again the Dodgers will only be on the hook in the luxury tax for two million. Yeah, uh, but when they so, but when they have to pay the sixty five million in ten years, will they have to yeah. be paying the luxury tax on that? No, because he won't be playing; he retire. And so that's kind of like Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, that's a loophole. Yeah, he found exactly. the loophole. It's a win. It is actually a win-win. Those are rare. Yeah, he'll be retired, so he <laughs> won't count to their luxury tax threshold then. He'll be retired, but they'll still have to pay, pay him. him. Yeah, you got to pay him the money. But it's that's guaranteed. off book. That's yeah. off book as far as the salary today because he's not playing for us. So I, and I, that's kind of the loophole they found, and there's nothing the CBA can do about it. And so the, you know, wow. already having a big contract with Mookie Betts. By the way, they also, the Dodgers have done this with the other two other players, not to this extent, but they've deferred money for Mookie and Freddie Freeman oh. so they can be more flexible so this is and one add of, other pieces. This is one of their little cheat codes they like to use anyway yes. as an organization. And so I think they explained that to Shoei, and he's like, well, let's do that then. And so Because you're right. I mean, you just said it exactly perfectly in bullish or BS. For Shohei Otani, he needs to win two or three World Series here in the next five or seven years. Yeah. And if he does, he'll go down as maybe the greatest player of all time. He's in that conversation. Yes, he's the got greatest that, yes. player ever to live. Yeah. Because he's done everything. He's done things no one else has ever done. Just hadn't done in the playoffs. But he hadn't done it in the most <laughs> important games. As we said, it's like not seeing Patrick Mahomes in games in January. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. That, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, uh, totally agree with yeah, you. Yeah, so to, to get show, he needs to be playing in the postseason. And the Dodgers are almost always in the postseason. So he, I don't want to say he guarantees that, but, you know, his angels couldn't even make that uh, when he was on that team. And now he's on a team that's always playing in October. They've failed quite a bit. They did win a World Series. But his idea is I win a few World Series, hit some big at-bats, pitch in a World Series, pitch in at a home run in a World Series game. It just makes some clutch plays in a World Series. Yes. I mean, you're right. He's, his you, legacy will – he'll go into overdrive in terms – he'll be catapulted into the conversation. And I think that's what the Dodgers the are counting on, the, the global reach of this guy. Uh, you know, we talk about Messi and soccer and the global reach of Lionel Messi. This guy can have a similar impact globally for his uh, you know, ties to, to Asia and Japan. Speaking of Messi, it, it, it's one of those deals unprecedented. Now, the Messi's deal is unprecedented in a different way in terms of the revenue sharing and him getting a piece of damn near everything. The Apple Plus deal, the concessions, merchandising, all that kind of stuff. But it's interesting that that league, MLS, it allows for that loophole. Other teams can try to do that, too. They just may not have the ability or the, the cachet to do it. Um, but this is also kind of a loophole in Major League Baseball, and I wonder why other teams have not pursued it. Yeah. Well, well I think they will now. That's why I say chess and checkers. I think a lot of teams are going, wait a second. Yeah, why are we doing that? <laughs> yeah, like, well, and they also aren't in a market like L.A. The, the Guggenheim's on the Dodgers. That franchise, as long as baseball's cash. in existence, that, that will never be And you just talking about it. There's some cheap billionaires in baseball that don't even like to spend money. No. And the Dodgers are not those billionaire no. owners. They like spending money. Well, I mean, money. the Dodgers are one of those, like the Yankees have their own TV network, and they kind of print money. Uh, it's about the luxury tax. I'll give you all both this. I know you're both dog lovers. A TikToker named Alexis Elliott recently got a Doberman puppy that's around six months old now. She claims someone recently offered to buy the dog for $200,000. She turned them down. Would What's you special guys, about the dog? I don't know. Would either of y'all sell any of your dogs for $200,000? Not a chance. Oh. <laughs> Hold up. How, how, she, she just got that dog, right? Yes. It's a puppy. 
puppy. I would sell that dog. Now, my dog, I got the 14-year-old lab at the house. No and chance. another dog I've had That's for the one you should be years. selling. 14 years old, man. <laughs> no, man. No, she's, yeah, we trust she's part me. of the family. She's part of the family now. But a puppy? Oh, I'd sell that puppy. I would sell Don't that, know that puppy. Don't know that well yet. Yeah, exactly. 200 oh, no. Gs? 200 Gs? Come on now. You got to sell that puppy. Ty, come on, man. Yeah. But you can't sell your dog. You can't sell my dog. I can't sell a dog. I've yeah, been. I'd That's sell a, a puppy, name. too. If I had a puppy for like six months, I could probably. Yeah. I'd be, still be sad, but I'd, I could probably. Yeah. I'd probably be, I'd be dumb to not to do that. You'd be less sad because you had 200 Gs in the back. Yeah, let's go buy man. another like, puppy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know the puppy's going to live good. He's going with somebody that can afford to pay you 200 Gs. <laughs> yeah, I got to look into why this is such a popular dog. But uh, uh, she turned him down, though. She said, no, 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 no. One, uh, uh, one of my babies. How much money does this woman have? I don't know. Let's come back. We'll pick up the uh, conversation. We'll go at the turn next hour. Rod will have another trip behind the burn orange curtain. And these wild finishes, Monday Night Football, look like a dud of a doubleheader turned into a heck of a doubleheader. Details coming on. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.